if you can have a love and appreciation and a relationship with something so small and seemingly so removed from you, it really amplifies what the human experience looks like. You're listening to Let's Be Omnist, the show where we are celebrating spiritual diversity, one truth, and one story at a time. I'm your host, Michael Anthony, spiritual life coach and intuitive reader from thedivinerlife.com. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10. Today, I am bringing you an extra special, near and dear to my heart, so amazing episode. I am so, so, so excited for today. So today you get to hear me chat with Hannah Lee, my business partner at Small Spirits Studios. For those of you that don't know about my work with Small Spirits, let me fill you in a bit about what all of that means. So I'm a spiritual entomologist, meaning that I work with the spirit energy of bugs, insects, and other arthropods to channel messages and guidance and healing in the same way that someone would maybe work with another spirit animal. And about a year ago, I decided that it was time for me to come out of the entomology closet, and I asked my friend Hannah to come along with me. Since then, we have co-founded the Small Spirits Studios to help bring more people the joy and experience of the Small Spirits realm. And our first project together is launching on Kickstarter today, March 4th, 2020, and I'm so, so, so excited to be sharing it with you. So the Small Spirits Oracle is a 50-card oracle deck and a guidebook written by me, designed to introduce you to the spiritual world of insects. So like I said, our Kickstarter launches today. It will be live for the next 30 days. So if you're listening to this during our live campaign, please make sure that you check out the link in the show notes to help us back the Kickstarter. I'm really excited for you to hear a bit about how this experience not only has gone for me, but for Hannah as well, who has been um, the illustrator and art director for the project. So I hope that you will sit back, enjoy our story, grab yourself a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a cup of whatever you like, because in the spirit of truth and honesty, here's my conversation with my friend and business partner, Hannah. So hello, Hannah, and thank you so much for being on Let's Be Omnist. I am so excited to have you here. How are you doing? Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. I am equally excited, and I am going to, again, apologize to the listeners ahead of time because Hannah and I uh, are business partners, we are friends, and we laugh a lot, so just be prepared for a super fun episode. Um, So I know why you're here, and this is a super special episode, but go ahead and take a quick minute and just tell the listeners like who you are, what you do, what's your thing, and then we'll dive in. Okay, um, so I'm here because, gosh, I guess I'll tell it from my perspective. I don't know how you're going to feel about it, but um, I'm here because I received this incredible opportunity from a very old friend of mine last year, and I said yes, and it led me here. Um, but I think you want a little bit more about like my background and my spiritual path. So um, my name is Anna, for people who don't know me. And I think I'm just kind of a catch-all healer type of person. Um, I've always been a creative individual. I worked as a yoga teacher for a really long time, and I thought maybe that was my path. Um, And then I got really frustrated teaching yoga because I was noticing a lot of people who seemed to be trapped in their bodies and unable to 
access certain states of being or postures or mind states. And I realized a lot of it was just about the brain and it was kind of all coming from the psychological place. So I threw everything up in the air and I got a master's in art therapy and I became a marriage and family therapist. And now I'm an art therapist. And so I have a bachelor's in art history and this just was a really natural move to kind of bring everything together. Um, Since I've been an art therapist, my art practice has expanded like tenfold. I never really saw myself as an artist, but I do now. And part of that was saying yes to small spirits and helping you found this business. And that's why I'm here recording this podcast today. Yeah. You know, is that that enough? Yeah, that's so great. I think what's super interesting is like, I know you believe it or not. I don't know if you know this, but you're the person that took me to my first yoga class ever. I don't know if you remember that day. I remember the soundtrack and everything. You played this song from Slumdog (laughs) Millionaire. We were in your like hybrid car, which I was so fascinated with because I was like, why does it stop at stoplights? And uh, I remember being like, this is magic, like on the way to Mm -hmm. yoga, on the way home from yoga. And I never really stopped to think that like your spiritual path also started potentially like in that world where it like really started to become your own thing. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, a a spiritual path, because I was raised Catholic. And so I was raised in a family that always had religion. We went to church once a week. I went to church twice a week because I was enrolled in Catholic school. So I was even a more devout Catholic than my parents. Um, But yeah, about the time that I turned 16 and had enough freedom to drive away and kind of choose my own, I don't know how I was spending my time. I, I stopped attending church because it just wasn't resonating with me. And that's when yoga came into my life. And so I've never seen it as like a one for one replacement, but Truly, my spiritual path did diverge from this very organized religion place into more just personal kind of embodied living. Mm -hmm. And I followed that concept as far as I could take it. And it led me to this kind of cliff of just personal spirituality, existentialism, uh, and and so I took a big leap off that cliff, and that's where I really feel like my artist identity came in. Because I, when I make art, that is my personal spirituality. That's me just kind of channeling that moment and whatever's coming to me. Um, and then, of course, I've been like in this free fall of making art, and I do a lot of abstract painting when I'm not drawing our deck, and so it is just very loose and expressive. And that has kind of led me into this place of thinking about the supernatural and and magic and I've always accepted multiple dimensions and alternate universes that's something that I discovered um as a teen and yeah I, I feel it all coalescing but I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like when it's done yeah I mean I don't think any of us know what it's going to look like which is <laughs> fine I think what um I'm going to do is like I love kind of how you've explained how you got just up to the edge of small spirits. So I'm going to rewind and kind of like tell a quick build up to how I got here. And then we can tell where we are now and what we're doing and all of that. I think it'll be a really cool like merge. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess technically for those 
people who have listened to my show, you already kind of know a lot about my background, but um, just kind of specifically more where Hannah and I met. Like I said, she took me to my first yoga class. That opened up my world very similarly. I was like in the Christian church. I was in worship bands. I was like living at the church. And that like one fun day where Hannah basically was just like, come exercise with me was really all that it was. Uh, really showed me that there was like all of these other worlds of possibility. And I think that's when I really mm-hmm. started listening to myself instead of listening mm. to the masses. I was like, oh, hold on. If I'm quiet long enough, like I have my own voice, which was super weird to me. Mm. So uh, that progressed into a long series of like discovering my spirituality and figuring out what I wanted and then trying to tie in and constantly go back to like, but what does my voice want? What am I hearing? What am I doing? What resonates with me? And I remember one day, this was actually maybe two or three years even before I approached you about creating this this piece together. And I was sitting at home and I was like, I grew up fascinated with bugs like where did that go and like how come every time I see a moth like I stop and stare at it or why am I so fascinated by like the little ant crawling on my counter or like what what is that so I had this idea for a small spirits oracle deck and I just kind of pushed it away because I was like that's so strange like no one's going to be interested in that at the time I was still I hadn't even published um, the diviner definitions oracle yet and so I was like just focus on what you're doing finish what you've started. Like you don't need to dive into something else. And then years later, um, it was like slamming into my brain, like would not leave me alone. I was like, you have to do this. You have to do this. Like you need to speak for us is what I kept hearing. It was like this very loud, we need to be heard. And so I was like, okay, but Mm. I'm not an artist. Like I'm not going to do you justice. (laughs) Um, And It was almost like that same day I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw some of your um, tattoo flashes. Like, I think it was Mm. like your food one, maybe. And I forget, it was like, you had specifically drawn a moral, which I now know is one of the tattoos that you have. Super Um, tasty mushroom. Yeah. And I remember being like, that's it. Like that detail. That's the the, style. Attention to organic material. Like there was just something so beautiful and I stopped and I was like, all right, I guess it's happening. Like, here's the sign I needed. Here's the art I needed. And I love Hannah. Like, so why wouldn't my spiritual path come back to her at some point? It just made sense. I'm just, I'm reveling at how divine the timing is because when you first had the idea for this deck, I was in the middle of graduate school and I mean, anybody who's ever been through graduate school will tell you this. It's totally true. It is the hardest thing that you will ever do. It's designed to be that way. It's like this giant conspiracy where where all of the faculty just throw as much at you as possible. And so if you had asked me when you first had this idea, I would have just been like, no, I can't. No, there's no way. And, and my artistic skills at that point, or not skills, because I guess my... I don't know. My confidence at that point was still pretty low. I I had this view of myself as a helper, a healer, a therapist, but I happened to be this kind of creative person. So let me do this art therapy thing because it, it feels nice and it's cool and it works well. And it wasn't until I finished that program fully 
that I gave myself permission to make the art that I wanted to make. And um, I'm glad that you brought up tattoos because I found a way to weave tattooing into small spirits, but that was kind of an unexpected, but I've, I've wanted to make tattoos since I was 13 years old. I mean, we met in high school, so, you know, I would draw mm-hmm. all over myself in high school yep. just throughout the day. I would come home and my mother would be like, what have you done? And, um, when I was first in college, you know, little 18 year old art history major, so bright eyed and excited about the world. I went into two or three tattoo shops and was like, I want to be an apprentice. I want to learn how to do this. Please teach me. And I literally got laughed out the door. Like one, one guy looked me up and down and said, do you even have any tattoos? Like, what are you doing here? I was like, yeah, dude, they're all over my arms. I'm just wearing sleeves right now. Like it just, it just was so, um, cold and closed. And I just did not feel like I had a space in that culture. So Anyway, I had a lot of nerves and I was very afraid, but when I finally finished my training as a therapist, I think that's what helped me realize that life is arbitrary and everything happens for a reason, but also everything happens for kind of no reason. The universe is divine and completely detached at the same time. You know, this idea of like paradox and why not just do what you want to do before your time here on this planet is up. And so, um, I, that was my big, like, I'm just going to start drawing this stuff. I'm going to start putting it on my own body because if no one else will let me, I'll just tattoo myself and I'll figure it out. Uh, I have great health insurance. So if anything goes wrong, I'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I just started putting it out there and, and the invite to engage in small spirits was one of the first things that came back and it just tingled in a way that felt like, this is, so I was thinking about it right before this phone call. And I think that when I said yes to this project, I took myself from one timeline of my life and put myself on a, on a different, like I switched dimensions Mm. from a life where I remained a healer and a therapist and a yoga teacher. And I just walked away from that and walked into a life where I'm more of an artist. And that's terrifying. Um, Anyone who makes anything knows how scary it is to put your creations out into the world. And I don't think I could have done it without you because you give me a lot of courage. Oh, I think that's so funny that you just, mm, thank you for that. (laughs) I think it's so (laughs) funny that you ended your statement with that because as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking, you know, like small spirits, and I, I'm so sorry. Have we even told anybody what small spirits is yet? I don't think we did. Oh, gosh. To clarify. I mean, they don't know by now. <laughs> if you aren't paying attention, if you don't know, you're not paying attention. Um, so small spirits, just to clarify, are insects, bugs, arthropods. It is this idea of spirit animals, but specifically the insects, the arthropods, the tiny, tiny beings that we have. So mm. with that definition mm-hmm. out of the way. Um I think it's funny that you ended your statement with like, I don't think I could have done this without you because I am sitting here thinking, you know, I have always been ever since, like I said, you took me to that yoga class and I discovered I had my own voice. I, I have been like putting my own stuff out there for a really long time, but mm-hmm. because this small spirits journey for me started when I was a kid, I'm talking like 
growing up, my dad called me Bugman. Like that's my nickname yeah. still to this day in really emotional moments. My dad will be like, Hey, Bugman, how's your day going? Aww. You know, like he, that's just, it's ingrained in who I am. I grew up with butterfly nets and ant farms and um, like roly poly circus things. Like I, I grew up with these <laughs> microscopes and toys. Like I lived in the dirt. And mm. so because I'm surprised was, that I'm the earth sign here. <laughs> I think for me, it was like the relationship thing though. Right. Cause I didn't play with uh, them because I was, it felt grounding. I played with them because I was like, Oh my gosh, you're so cute. Let's be friends. Like it's that Libra peace loving. I just want to be best friends with everybody. Um, energy. So because it's so close to my heart and because it's something so near and dear to me, I was like, I'm never going to get this out there. Like it felt like mm. that really big step that I needed to take because it's too one scary. thing. Yeah. Too scary. Yeah. It's one thing to be like, uh, you know, Hey, I read tarot. Hey, I read Oracle. You know, now I follow this new age, even metaphysical path. Like that's, I don't want to say it's common now, but like it's, 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 it can be okay. Like there's a group yeah. for it. There's a community for it, but coming out and saying like, Hey guys, um, I believe that I talk to bug spirits. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> that's a big <laughs> thing to just like kind of put out in the world. And yeah. I don't think I could have done that if it was with someone who, um, didn't know me or like fully understand me mm-hmm. on a deeper level or someone that would be willing to just kind of hear my crazy ramblings. So I think like, even though we met in high school when I wasn't even thinking about that, I think overall it's just been this really synchronistic journey of like meet her now and know her and get to know her because you two have some big things to do together later. Yeah. Like I needed that time yeah. to, to feel comfortable with you. So um, know that I could not have done this without you either. Not to turn this into a big old cry fest podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we just have a lot of feelings. Yeah, so many feelings. Um, so do you mind uh, if we dive into some details about like our first Let's project as Small Spirit Studios? Okay, cool. So some of our followers on Instagram had questions because um, as of today, the launch of this podcast, Hannah and I have finally put our very first project on Kickstarter. It is live right now. Please go check it out. (laughs) The first time I'm saying that out loud, are you stressed? I just started sweating. Um, Uh, I've been sweating, but yeah. (laughs) So the Small Spirits Oracle is our first project. And uh, like I said, Instagram followers had some questions. And so we just want to take some time to answer some of those. So Hannah, let's start with you. How do you think that the Small Spirits Oracle specifically has, like, changed your path? Or, like, what has the experience been for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, on top of what I've already said, uh, just about, like, this project has given me the space to completely change my identity, which it's a little late in life for me to be doing that, Um Developmentally speaking, I guess it's never too late in life to do what you want to do. But um, I just, I thought that I already knew who I was. And then this opened a whole new door for me. So that's been really exciting. Um, Specifically creating the Small Spirits Oracle deck. um, Well, it's improved my drawing skills exponentially. Um, I've always been more of a painter, more of an expressive. I did theater and movement. um, And so to hone in, 
has been a very new task for me. And it's, um, it's this beautiful metaphor, right? Because the drawing is so precise. And I committed at the beginning of this project to making everything pretty anatomically correct. Yeah, she did. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. dove into um, anatomical study head first. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, in order to do that, I had to start looking at things on a microscopic scale, which is exactly the purpose of this deck. It's why, um, we're creating this space is because we want to help people kind of focus on the small stuff. And so in order to make this deck, I have had to move myself into that place. It's like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Like I just have to imagine myself as tall as a blade of grass and just be intimate with these tiny, tiny spaces. And as a human, that's not normal. Like that's not a way that we usually think, right? We usually think bigger. And especially as a human who was raised in America to be a good capitalist citizen, like everything is about more and bigger and, you know, expanding and space travel, like how far away, how big can our reach be? And so for me, this took me out of all of that and, and gave me a space to say, no, I'm going to try just being smaller for a little while and see how that feels. Um, and it feels really good. Yeah, so <laughs> I highly recommend some, some small spirits meditation and just get yourself in the mindset of like a roly poly and, um, that has been really, really wonderful. So my, my process really has been about just humbling myself and letting go of who I was told to be and, and connecting to these other living creatures. And it's really made me more aware of just how much beautiful life there is on this earth. And I've always been a staunch environmentalist. Um, and I've always been an advocate for biodiversity. And I know how important these things are to our ecosystems. But again, it's one thing to look at it from the human scale of big, more, you know, big science projects. And how are we going to fight the fight for the ecosystem and prove that climate change is important and I just took myself away from all of that rhetoric that I had been so immersed in for years and, and just essentially came at it from a spiritual place of how can I just really sense this right now? Um, and so that, that really is the mean potatoes of my process. No matter which card I'm working on, no matter what I'm doing for small spirits, I'm, I'm putting myself in that mindset first. And that's been a real life changer. It's, it's made me a much more compassionate person. Mm. It's really interesting to me to hear you say that, um, the process for you has caused you to like, look small, um, look down, like, look, not like to really pay attention to the smaller things because I, I feel like, yes, that's, I don't want to say the obvious answer, but like I, I hear you because obviously, yeah, now I, I have to pay attention to smaller things as well. <laughs> but I think the process for me has almost been the reverse in that mm. um, because I've lived with them in my mind and just like in my own private space for so long, for me, this process has been like, okay, time to get big time to lift yeah. it up, time to yell it out, time to like really make sure that this is heard. 
Uh, So I love that you and I are kind of like meeting in the middle, it sounds like, where you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, let me just zoom in a little bit. And I'm like, okay, let me grab a magnifying glass and like hype this up. I need to make it huge. I need to make it heard. Um, That's so... That's such an interesting mix. I love, uh, this is why I love working with you. <laughs> well, I want to, because I think a lot about our our final, um, what's the word? I don't know. The the, the final person who's going to be using this deck, right? The, the final home that each deck is going to find. And um, I'd love to hear your perspective on this too, because when I'm drawing and I'm thinking about someone else's hands, you know, a stranger, someone I've never met holding my work, interacting with it, making meaning for their own life. I, well, first of all, I get chills, but second of all, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm asking myself, what is it that I want them to gain from this? And I think I'm really trying to imbue the deck with my, my experience of kind of getting smaller and focusing smaller, because I would love for every single person who utilizes this deck to have similar experiences mm. and it's things like walking outside you know at 7 15 a.m on a tuesday morning and i'm just trying to let my dog pee before i go to work and i'm like totally locked into my human drone form you know where i'm just <laughs> getting through the week and i look down and i see the slugs on the wet sidewalk you know things that i've always kind of noticed because i'm like oh yeah it's morning the slugs are out but now that I have this frame of reference of, of our deck and, and giving these creatures a voice, it actually stops me in my tracks where I'm like, oh, the slugs are out. It's morning. It's another day. It's beautiful. Like, it's a method for mindfulness. And um, despite our best efforts to claim the natural world for our human purposes these small spirits are not messing around like they they don't care what Mm -hmm. type of buildings we've built they're coming in (laughs) you know they don't care that that we have all these clothes and shoes on to keep ourselves you know protected from their presence like they're coming in and and it's really made me have a deeper respect for the right of every living creature to, to be here and to take up space. And um, it's just the most beautiful meditative moment to have a deeper context. You know, like I'm, I'm like seeing, Oh my God, I had, um, you remember last summer when we first started working on the deck, my house got infested with ants. Oh yes. Well, it's, it's an apartment. So I live in an apartment in Los Angeles and every summer the ants come in. And so I've lived here for three years now And the first two summers, the ants came in and it was this like terrifying, stressful process. I would wake up every morning in my kitchen, I mean, would be black with ants, which I'm sure anybody listening to this right now is just cringing, right? Because it sounds like a worse nightmare to wake up and literally like not be able to see your countertop because there's just ants. And so the first year I did a lot of like chasing them around and I think we had an exterminator come after a couple of weeks and put, lay some traps, you know, just as a um, diversionary tactic or they would, they would eat whatever was in the trap and take it back and it would kill the whole nest. And even thinking about that right now, I'm like, oh my God, it makes my heart hurt because <laughs> when the ants appeared again, the summer that I was working on small spirits, which was this past summer. I just let them do their thing. 
Mm-hmm. Which again is probably going to make a lot of people cringe, but I would just wake up and be like, mm, "Yeah, my kitchen is full of hands again." And and I mean, we can post a little video when whenever we share this podcast. I'm <laughs> not kidding, you guys. Like, hell they, they were everywhere. We they, had a meeting. They and were, were everywhere. Like, Let's follow the trail. And we got really close. And for what felt like five minutes, you just followed this trail with your FaceTime camera and you're like, look, and then this is where we covered the sink. And this is where we wiped everything down because you had such like a conscious mind of, okay, what can I do to Mm -hmm. make sure that like, I don't have to kill them, but I can also just make sure that like my space is in a way where I'm not encouraging them to come in. And then you were almost like having a conversation with them. And I remember being so proud in this moment where you were like, please, (laughs) I've done everything I can to ask you to leave. Please just leave. Yeah. And I was like, that is so amazing to see someone's life change so dramatically in just a matter of a few months, because at that point, we'd only been working together for a few months, but you were like, I can't kill them. I'm sitting here drawing them and I can't, I can't kill them. I can't pretend that they don't matter. (laughs) Right. No extermination. I literally just would obsessively clean my house. I think I used some homeopathic stuff. I think cinnamon is one of the things I don't like or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever it was, but, and I did, I plugged some holes, but I would, I would wait until they had all left. So I had a whole method where I would like clean and dry everything. So there's no food or water. So there's nothing in here for them because they were coming after, you know, food and water. They're, they're living beings. They need sustenance. And so I would just clean everything and I would wait overnight because I knew that the morning was a great time to, they like hadn't woken up yet or something. You know, I just could wake up and catch a moment where none of them were around. And then I would take my caulk and, and plug my holes. And it took me probably three weeks of this method of just kind of chasing them around. And then, you know, by the afternoon, they found a new hole and there's a new line of ants going straight across my kitchen. So I'm like, okay, tomorrow morning that's the whole. And after about three weeks of that method, they, they just heard my request and, and left. So we'll see this summer if they come back and if so, we'll have a new conversation, but yeah, has completely changed my relationship to just life in general. Yeah, that definitely, um, that's really funny. I never knew how that story ended and it's probably just because they, they were just gone. They listened to you. It's, it ended so peacefully. Like, and now can I just say, and this is probably something, I think we were planning on talking about this anyway, um, that I cannot kill a bug now. I, mm-hmm. I just can't. Mm-hmm. I just can't. A spider, an ant, a fly, anything. I cannot. And um, it literally hurts inside my body because yeah. I've built such a, such a spiritual connection. And um, I'm starting also to see how when I was living a lifestyle where I would just like whack a spider and not think twice about it and and even kind of like feel superior and feel a little safer, like, yeah, you know, no spiders in my house. I took care of that shit. That's harmful to ourselves. That's harmful to our divine beings to have that attitude of, of superiority, even in the moment, if we're convincing ourselves that it feels good and it feels safer in the long term. It's a much more violent way to live. 
And I think, you know, some people might listen to this and roll their eyes, like whatever, you know. I was violent. just thinking no. about it. I was like, so many people are probably like, I'm killing the bug. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, I mean, it's been a year now that we've been working on this deck. And I have lived in my apartment for a whole year now without killing, not a single, I even had a spider on my bed and I did not kill that mofo. I took it outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and think it was I, last summer. Remember I saved that wasp out of my window. It took me like an hour and they broke my blinds, but <laughs> you better believe I saved that wasp because earlier that day I had been writing about wasp in the guidebook. And I was like, of course a wasp yes. would get stuck in my window today. Like, of course today. That was a really magical day. And I was like, um, all right, yeah. here we go. Not killing it. I it might hurt me, but I'm not going to kill it. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and after, accumulating some time of living like this, I feel more peaceful deep, deep mm-hmm. inside. And so I don't know. I highly recommend it. Anybody who buys the deck, I really hope <laughs> that, you know, they get into this with us. Yeah. I didn't really think about it until just now when you were talking about how it's kind of changed you emotionally. And uh, mm-hmm. I recently have been extremely sensitive to like movies and books. Like I find myself like crying and laughing more. Like I'm Mm. genuinely just really more in tune with my emotions. And I am now thinking like, it is Pisces season. Well, yeah, it's not just now. I mean, it's been the last few months (laughs) um, (laughs) where I've been like, I wonder what changed, you know what I mean? And now Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it's probably because I'm having to, spend I don't think just to clarify for the listeners I don't think you understand how much of my day <laughs> I mm, is yes. poured into um listening and talking and studying um with these small spirits so I think because I'm so honed in all day mm-hmm. to this tiny little energy that like yeah. when a real human emotion happens I'm like ooh hold on that is 10,000 times bigger than I have experienced all day. I need you to slow it down. (laughs) Um, So it's a really interesting concept how like, and I hope people who buy the deck feel this too and can really get into the space of, if you can have a love and appreciation and a relationship with something so small and seemingly so removed from you, it really amplifies what the human experience looks like. Because these beings who are, like nowhere near mentally advanced as a human is have Mm -hmm. like these really beautiful community relationships and they have like just a way of loving and like letting the world just be what it is you know what I mean like they don't care what else is happening around them they're like I'm going about my day I'm doing my thing I have a job to do I have a life to live and when you really see like that something without the cognitive power that a human has able to live such a Mm -hmm. peaceful, beautiful life. It's like, okay, what am I doing with my brain? Mm -hmm. What am I doing with my power? What am I doing with this emotion that is inside of me? And I am going to end up going on a rant. So I'm going to cut myself off. But like, (laughs) I, I just like, I think that's what the experience has been for me is like, I have completely recognized the magnitude of my own personal power because if something so tiny can have such a powerful impact on me, like what can I do to the world? You know what I mean? Right. Sorry to get so intense for a minute, but like that's, oh, that's just where my life has been for the last year. (laughs) 
It, it is. And I think it's important for us to talk about this because I do, I believe that the people that handle this deck and, and witness our work will feel it. And by saying it now, we are just further encouraging the manifestation of, you know, like everybody get on this train with us, you know, like meditate on that bumblebee and it will change your life. Mm -hmm. What would you say? I know you've had an experience with this. You've mentioned the slugs, you've mentioned the ants in your kitchen. Um, Mm -hmm. But what would you say has been like the small spirit that has really surprised you the most while working on small spirits Oracle? Hmm. Okay. Hold on. Let me look at my list. Cause there's a lot of them. Big family. <laughs> it is um, huge. 50 cards, by the way, Huge. <laughs> 50 card deck. Um, yeah. Many, many friends that I've been hanging out with. Um, I mean, is this the time to talk about spiders? This sure. might be the time to talk about spiders. I forgot you had a whole relationship with those spiders in your living room. I mean, I not to bring them up, but <laughs> spiders is totally I got into down. a long-term relationship with spiders. <laughs> well, and, and this is why it's so interesting, because before I started working on this deck, I had a narrative that I was someone who was afraid of spiders. And I think that that was never true. I just, I just think it was something that I adopted into my personality because... I'm a Taurus. I'm a confident person. Like I come in strong to a lot of situations and I just needed something to kind of damper that. I needed like a little fear, a little phobia to, you know, keep me humble and keep me relatable. (laughs) To humanize you. Yeah. human. Give my boyfriend (laughs) something to do. Like, you know, go kill that spider for me because I'm a woman. I can't do that for myself. Right. And so I think I just kind of, this is a prepackaged narrative that we have in our culture of like, yes, women are afraid of spiders. I mean, everybody maybe is afraid of spiders, but specifically the idea of like, she's afraid of the spider. He needs to go kill it. Mm. And I grabbed onto that. Like, yes, let me just add that one to my toolkit because it adds this like dash of relatability that maybe I need. I have totally abandoned that narrative as I've been working on this deck and completely changed my relationship with spiders to the point where my husband literally watches me with spiders now and is like, who are you? Because <laughs> you know, he, he has been killing spiders for me for years. Um, and I have fully realized that I've never really been afraid of spiders. Never. I just, it just was a really convenient thing to buy into. And so, so let me give you the chronology of where this started because I was trying to draw one of the spider cards. There's a couple of them in the deck and was feeling disconnected. Like I just didn't quite know, you know, like I said, I did a lot of anatomy study and when you study anatomy, it's one thing to see it still But to watch it move is to really understand how a limb works. It's the same is true for humans. People, you know, whatever you're drawing, if anybody is starting a drawing career, you have to study anatomy both in stillness and in movement to understand how it works and therefore understand how to draw it correctly. And so I took a deep breath. It was like a Sunday afternoon. I made myself a nice cup of tea and just started watching YouTube videos of spiders. And I think the first two videos 
I really was like, oh, you know, it, just, <laughs> it just tapped into that deep, like, oh. yeah. And then I, and then I, to- I just tolerated that feeling and recognized that there's a very evolutionary reason that, that humanity has this kind of tension with spiders, mm-hmm. but it's 2020. We know a lot more than we used to know. And there's an urgent care half mile down the street, like, No spider is going to kill me unless I'm traveling the bush in Australia, which I don't know, maybe one day, but, but not anytime soon. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, so I really just reminded myself, like you're safe. This is, you know, this, these spiders are literally just on YouTube. They're not going to come get you. You need to just tolerate the discomfort and watch their bodies move. And I'm talking videos of like, I, I got myself, you know how the internet just like feeds you more and more intense content when when it realizes that you're like into something it's like oh you like that you want more (laughs) and so I was getting these suggestions for like more and more intense videos and I got myself to a point where I was watching like eggs hatching and just like hordes of spiders which previously I mean I still get a little bit of a chill down my back but yeah I just got a little uncomfortable yeah yeah and and truly like i think it's i think it's evolutionary we all get a little uncomfortable with that but um yeah they i really do welcome them now and um you've taught me so much about you know spiders being lucky and just kind of the the um what's the word i'm looking for like the they're really good housemates. History. Oh, yeah, yes. they're really good housemates. The history yeah. of like humans and spiders living in companionship. And so I've I've embraced it now as much as I'm ever gonna be able to. And um I have my little spider pets. I had a big one living in my living room for like maybe two months and then um he passed and I it was great. It was actually one of the first times that I I would I would lay on my couch and look up and he'd be right above my face, which is a little stressful because it's like, oh my god, if you decide to just let go of your web right now and drop <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't know why you would decide to do that, but if I'm screwed. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, he didn't. You know, he just stayed up in the corner the whole time and he really respected my space and I respected his space. And then one day I realized that you know he was kind of crumpled up and in that dead spider shape. And I very respectfully pulled him down and took him outside. Um, similarly, I had a, a big juicy one in my bathroom for a long time. I, I just, I have completely changed my relationship with spiders and I watch them now and I tolerate my fear. And um, I have figured out, I believe the spider anatomy after watching many, many videos of many, many big fast moving spiders. Cause that's the thing that freaks me out about them. They move so fast with all those eight legs, you know, and you just never, they can move in all directions, never know where they could go. Um, but yeah, knowledge is power. And and I think I'm on the other side of, of my spider story. Yeah. I mean that I, now that you're talking about it, I didn't realize that your like spider experience was so expansive. Like I didn't realize mm. there were so many moments. Um, so many. but that's really funny. It was, it's almost like they were like, Hey, uh, we know you don't like us, so we're just going to keep showing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is absolutely. actually super appropriate because I think for me, um, like the one that surprised me the most that I wasn't expecting to have mm-hmm. like a deep connection with was the scorpion. 
Mm. And like, while of course I don't live in a place where they're just showing up and I'm sure if I did, I wouldn't have the same opinion. Like maybe I'd be like, "Mm, I don't want you in my house. But um, it's interesting because Scorpion, like their whole medicine for me, their whole idea has been this concept of what caused you hurt, what causes you trouble in your life um, could potentially end up being something that's like really strong, something that you end up um, teaching healing in or that you help heal in others. They're this concept of kind of like the healer's journey. So it's that same idea of like something that you didn't like that you um, had created this narrative of that you were like, absolutely not um, ended up being the one that you're like, oh, actually, hey, not only do I really like you, but now here I am like drawing you and putting your energy out in the world yeah. and sharing how to work with you. So um, that's really funny because like your example is the spirit medicine of my example. <laughs> so yes. um, yeah, I think um, I'm really, really excited too that like the scorpion card is mm-hmm. uh, so reflective of you and I and um not to ruin it, but like, you'll see the art when it comes out, but just know that Hannah and I are both Scorpio Risings. So like when she showed me the art, I was like, oh, Scorpio Rising, and Scorpion card. Oh my gosh, is that you and me right now in this card? So for me to have this really beautiful experience with Scorpion and then to feel kind of like you and I are represented really well in that card and kind of hidden away in the deck, I was like, yeah. okay, I see you, Scorpion, teaching me something about where I belong. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the deck a little bit because we've been hinting at it, but we haven't really dove into exactly what it is. So the Small Spirits Oracle deck, like I said, live on Kickstarter right now. Go back to the project, get yourself a deck. Uh, (laughs) It is 50 cards, and they all have some type of small spirit, insect, arthropod. And then it comes with a guidebook that kind of walks you through their, their message, their meaning, how they can show up in your life either... Um, If you see one physically or if you choose to kind of call one in energetically, it's just overall like a really, really beautiful introduction into the small spirits world. So one of the questions we have here is like, what is the format of the deck? And people Mm -hmm. are curious, is there suits? Are there groups? Is it free flow? Um, And I know personally, I see it as a free flow deck, but maybe as the artist, you see it differently. Hmm. I I think it's pretty free-flowing. I I remember, and I have all the notes to show because I've saved every piece of paper, but um, we've tried. We've really tried to make this deck have some type of organization or suits or to make it fit into certain boxes. And in all the planning and all the ideation, it seemed like a great idea. And then every time I would sit down to draw, it's like, oh, that's, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't, that's so restrictive. Like I can't think about all of the different kind of boxes I need to check with this artwork. Let me just commune with the spirit and see, you know, kind of what, what comes up, what's, what's just the organic image that just arises when I meditate. And so that's how I've made the artwork. It's very individual. It's very just, just one at a time. And the end result is a very free-flowing deck, and I think it's perfect because when we try to categorize nature, and scientists have been trying for so many years, it just doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. You know, we, ha- we have all of these genus and species and everything and, and subspecies, and we just try to keep breaking it down, and 
setting things into boxes and then you read about like, well, we've discovered a, a new genus of this and that, and new species of the other thing. And it's just like our our beautiful earth keeps serving us up things that are undefinable in that way. And I, I think our deck mirrors that. Yeah. I think I definitely remember the early, early stages of like planning the deck and um, who's who and who's going to go where and how do we want them to be represented? And I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, some of these don't necessarily fit in one of these categories, but we'll just have to figure it out. And then I remember being at one point like, well, maybe we have like this extra weird wild card category or like maybe <laughs> this one, even though it doesn't really fit, like we can pretend that it goes in this group. And I feel like over time, we actually just kind of just stopped talking about it. Because we were like, yeah, you we know what, this doesn't make sense. They they live this in the world. <laughs> they do what they want to do. Um, I know that personally, something that I did to kind of uh, help people who feel like they need a categorization or like a, a grouping of some kind is in the guidebook. I did break up uh, or like assign an elemental energy to uh-huh. each of the bugs, so uh, they all have like a primary energy of an element, earth, fire, water, air, spirit, and then they have a secondary energy as well. And I did that because I feel mm-hmm. like as someone who works with Oracle cards and tarot, I know that sometimes you want to be able to find a connection. And so I did it as uh-huh. a way of like, I see this connection and I know it exists. What is the best way that I can articulate that for people? And it just kept coming mm-hmm. back to the classic energies of like, you know, fire is protective and creative and water is free flowing and um, emotional. Yeah. And so I just, I tried to find those archetype energies and draw them in, but they are only in the guidebook. So um, it's not distracting mm-hmm. or going to pull you away if you're just doing like a nice free flow reading with the cards. Well, and and I've had the benefit of witnessing for the last year all of the research that you've been doing and and not only watching your research process, but then like reading some of the stuff that you send to me. And it's like this body of knowledge that you're building and I'm building, there's no straightforward way to deliver that to each person who's doing a reading with our deck. I wish I could just telepath it out there. Like you open the deck and just scan something with your weird uh, computer eye that, you know, we're all going to have in a couple of years and, <laughs> and then boom, it's in your brain. But yeah, it doesn't work that way. And so I, I am glad that we have these elementals and, and just kind of something to tether to because the, the reality is that there is a huge knowledge that's backing the information in our deck um, and, and the guidebook. There's just not enough space or time to deliver all of that information. And so we have to condense it as best we can. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, because, because you have spent so much time, and I'm talking like a lifetime, getting involved in the lives of these small spirits, um, what process do you have for the meetings to come to you? And is there any wisdom that you can impart to our listeners today so that they can mimic that process at home? Oh, that is so good. So I don't know that anyone at home will be 100% (laughs) willing to do the crazy research that I do. Um, And Hannah can attest to this, like, um, Sometimes she's like, I, I know that I'm really bombarding her with a lot of crazy information because she's like, wow, that's so cool. I'm just kidding. She always is really responsive. But I, 
I dig up like entomology books and I scour the internet and I like read about their, um, their, you know, their species. I read about their genus. I read about the family. Like I just really try and know where they come from, how they interact with the world. Uh, I think for me, the process has really been like, okay, this, cause the small spirits, essentially the 50 card list kind of came to me and said, Hey, we're the ones that you're going to start with, I'll say, because <laughs> Hannah and I mm-hmm. have big plans. And I was like, okay, so why did this one come to me? What do you have that these other 49 do not? So I look mm. into their history. I look at where they live in the world. I look at how they interact with their environment. What is so special about this one physical being in the physical world? So once I know that and I can really formulate a picture in my mind, of how they move and how they look and how they interact. I start with a very simple meditation and I just uh, talk to them the same way that I would, you would maybe talk to um, angels or spirit guides or other spirit animals. Mm -hmm. If you already work with spirit animals and I would just very calmly say, I appreciate you showing up and showing me whatever it is that you need to show me in this moment. And sometimes that would come as I would get a response of some kind of word or I would get like driven to pay attention to this movie in my mind. So a really good example, and it's one that I love, uh, is I was working with the Luna Moth, who Mm -hmm. seems like would be a really easy one because they're super mystical. They're everywhere. People are familiar with them. And like in the spiritual community, people are like, oh, the Luna Mm -hmm. Moth is already so magic and they're gorgeous yeah. i think we're just drawn to them because they're just so pretty so i was like okay this is going to be easy you're definitely going to be about some kind of magic but then i was like show up for me i hit shuffle on uh, my meditation playlist and i threw in my headphones mm-hmm. and i was sitting there and all of a sudden i watched this movie of like a tiny me like you're talking about before honey you shrunk the kids i was maybe the size of mm-hmm. grass. and i re- in this visual, this, like, I'm going to call it a vision. Cause that's what they're about. They're about vision and dreams. I like hopped on the back of this giant Luna moth and it was so fuzzy. I remember thinking like, Oh, cause you're a silk moth. That makes sense. And look at all this like fuzz. And I remember kind of like it tickled my nose and my mind. I was like, Oh, that would definitely make you sneeze. And this Luna moth, like in my meditation rose higher and higher. And I was like, Oh, right. Cause they follow the moon and they're attracted to the moonlight. Mm. And suddenly I watched as this Luna moth broke through this uh, canopy of a rainforest kind of setting. And there was all these other Luna moths and behind them were like these bright, colorful trails of like glowing light. So some of them were purple and yellow and green. And I was like, whoa, what is all this color? And then I remember it kind of ended with this Luna moth flying closer and closer to the moon. It just got really bright. And my song came to an end at the perfect moment. And I opened my eyes and I looked down and the name of the song that I was listening to that I randomly hit shuffle on was called Subtle Dreams. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man. So hold on. You're telling me all these bright colors, these visions, this like moon energy and dreams. And I was like, okay, this is totally what they're about. They're about prophetic dreams and seeing all these things. So for me, then I start writing and I just, um, it just kind of comes out. Um, when you yeah. read the guidebook, who, when you read the guidebook, I can tell you right now that I have condensed like 5,000 words into the shortest little possible, <laughs> what is the like saturated meaning? 
Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely encourage people, like when you look at the, the guidebook and you see what I've written, um, experience that, but then dare to ask your own questions um, because mm. the process that the meanings came to for me Um, I think it's a nice starting point for everybody, but I certainly will never say that it is the only message that those small spirits have. Um, so whether you try meditating or you try going outside or you try, um, asking for just one of them to show up for you in a moment where you're like, I need a message of this and then just watch Mm -hmm. and see what shows up for you because maybe, um, a bumblebee means something to me, but it means something completely different to you. So, um, I hope that answered the question. Yeah, yeah, no, and and I, um, this is a joke, but it's yeah, it's almost like we might need an extended guidebook one day. I mean, um, is that a thing? Perhaps we'll is that find a out. Thing? <laughs> um, no, because you really you have so much to say, uh, and it's so relevant and resonant, and um, it does make me sad that the guidebook has to be so tiny just to fit in the logistics of the deck. Um, one of the just things I've heard over and over again from you and from me in this conversation is this idea of movement. And that's something that we haven't really talked about yet or brought up, but I want to bring it in now because I do hope that when our deck is being used, that people are thinking of, like, I wish I could make these cards some cool future card that's actually animated, you know, where you flip it over and, and you see the movement of the small spirit, because I think it is in movement and it's, it's in the animated life of these creatures that we really find meaning, um, and, and find that relational piece. So yeah, I just want to reflect that. I think that is super important because when I teach um, tarot or I teach oracle lessons to people, one of the very first things that I tell them is like, if this was a a live photo almost, or if you could put yourself in this scene, what happened just before this picture was taken? What happens just after this picture is taken? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're reading an oracle deck, especially you get caught up in like, what does the guidebook say? What is the word on the card? What is only happening in this picture? But I encourage people don't just look at, I mean, look at the art because Hannah, (laughs) Hannah has invested (laughs) into every detail. So like pay attention, but don't just look at what you're seeing. But um, as Hannah explained earlier in the show, like her art is about expression. It's about feeling, you know, that has not been lost in the anatomy focused um, artwork Mm. that is in the deck. There is a lot of expression. There's a lot of intention. And um, if you can hone in on that more than you can just the, the image in front of you, you're really going to get the Mm -hmm. most out of the small spirits Oracle. Yeah. Yeah. I just really want to invite everybody to enter the moment and move with the spirit that they're witnessing instead of just looking at this like cold flat picture mm-hmm. as pretty as it is. Cause they are pretty. I'll toot my own horn and say like, yeah, <laughs> they're pretty, but <laughs> yeah. get inside because yeah. that's where the magic really is. Yep. The guidebook starts off with an invitation to like adventure into the small spirits realm. And they really want that story to continue. And I really hope people understand like, this is more than just an Oracle deck. This is an invite to explore something bigger smaller both (laughs) bigger and smaller than um than you 
It is uh, yeah. beyond your current existence. So we do have to wrap up the show. But before we go, I want to ask mm-hmm. you, Hannah, and I'll answer the same. Um, what, has, what is one piece of advice you think you could share with people um, that you've learned along the journey, like of creating the small spirits oracle or working with the small spirits that you think um, is beneficial to people just in their day-to-day or their spiritual path? I feel like there's so much, right, that anybody could take away just from this work that we're doing and this conversation we've just had. But I think the biggest thing that has come up for me over and over again in the process of working on this deck and moving into this new part of my life is just to to not disbelieve anything. And and maybe that's something that already kind of goes without saying when you're in the spiritual community. If you're the type of person that would purchase a deck and use a deck, you're probably already the type of person that suspends disbelief in your everyday life. Um, but it wasn't so long ago that I was a disbelieving human and that has completely changed for me. I mean, I I have completely changed that in my life. I have made the choice to just open my beliefs. And I think that that's something we could all use right now. And I hope that that's something that comes through in the deck. And that would be my one piece of advice for anybody who wants to have a similar journey is just, you know, we, we write off things so quickly because maybe they're overwhelming or scary or unfamiliar, but if you can just tolerate the discomfort for a little bit longer and you don't have to believe it, but don't disbelieve it. Just give it space and you never know what will come up. Mm. I love that because uh, my piece of advice piggybacks on that so well. So you oh, you have this concept of, um, you know, suspending belief, uh, disbelief for a moment. And mm-hmm. you said, you know, if you're buying a deck and you're in this world, you probably already do that. But I think what I've learned and kind of going back to what I said at the beginning of the show is I was already in this metaphysical new age community, reading cards, reading Mm -hmm. tarot. I knew that like what I do is strange to a lot of people. And yet Mm -hmm. I still struggled to open up and say, Hey, I talked to bugs, you know, because it was like just that one other step. It's like that next thing. And so my piece of advice is, um, on your spiritual journey, uh, there, I would hope that you continue to evolve and evolution is something that the small spirits have definitely taught me about. Cause if you want to learn about mm-hmm. evolution, man, take a peek at the longest surviving, um, mm. insects. <laughs> uh, but they don't stop evolving. They are constantly improving themselves and in your spiritual path, that has to be the same. So even though I had reached what I thought was like this crazy extension of a woo woo mystifying spirituality, Mm. I still wasn't fully living my truth because I was afraid to take that next step into something that was potentially crazy or weird or different. Um, Mm -hmm. So don't stop evolving because you think you're going to be weird. Evolution doesn't happen Mm. without that first daring human, that first pioneer, that first way maker. That weirdness. Yeah. It's that one um, fish that decided like, oh, what what happens up there on land? that made the difference. They may not have like made it super far and the other fish probably judged them, but like 
you know, I, and that's a, maybe a bad example. I should probably give a bug example, but it's that idea of like, <laughs> you may be the reason that an entire movement happens and that's not going to happen if you don't take that step. So keep pushing yourself, keep expanding. Don't be afraid to be the weird one. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, small spirits, Oracle live on Kickstarter. Go get yourself get a your copy. Get your deck today. <laughs> yes. Share with your friends, your family, your favorite entomologist. All who Go all... outside and tell the roly-polies that you love them. Like, do your card reading in the grass. Welcome yes. to our world. <laughs> and if you guys have questions, um, you can follow us. We are on Instagram at small.spirits.studios. And you can find our website, smallspiritstudios.com. Um, if you would like to follow Hannah, Hannah, where's a good place for them to, um, find more about you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. My website's not ready yet, but my Instagram handle, you know what? It's, oh God, it's such a mess. Just, oh, right. You can, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you can find, you can find Hannah on, on small the spirits. small spirits Instagram. Yeah. Just click the link because there's a lot of underscores in my Instagram name. It was a silly decision, but, um, there it is. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share about our project. I appreciate you being here and I appreciate you being my partner in this crazy adventure. I love being your partner. You are like one of the most easygoing people to work with. And I don't know if this is because we've known each other for so long or we just were destined to work together or if you're just a beautiful human being who's just a pleasure to be around. But this is one of the best decisions I've ever made. All right, all right. That was my conversation with Hannah Lee, all about our work at Small Spirits Studios. We would both like to thank you so much for listening to us chat about our very first project, the Small Spirits Oracle. And as a reminder, if you would like to learn more about the deck or back the project, you can check out our Kickstarter link in the show notes below. If you happen to be catching this episode from somewhere off in the distant future, no worries. You will probably still be able to get a copy of the deck by heading over to our Instagram at small.spirits.studios or by checking out our website, smallspiritsstudios.com, for more information. While you're out there checking out social media, please take some time to also follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Diviner Life. And also make sure that you take the time to subscribe and leave a rating for Let's Be Omnist on your favorite podcast platform. And then once you subscribe, you'll be able to hear all about the newest and latest episodes as they come out. Next week, I will be chatting with George Lizos about Hellenic polytheism, which is a revived practice of traditional Greek beliefs. So we're going to talk about the difference between mythology and theology and how you can connect deeper with the Greek gods. So thanks for listening. Remember to share with your magical friends, your fellow nature lovers, your neighborhood entomologist. Don't forget I love you. I appreciate you. And until next time, be true, be you, be omnist. <laughs>